Welcome back to another episode of Tales from Corporate, hosted by Maria and Elise. Each week, we bring you our tales and perspectives on trending topics around work in corporate America, because life can often truly be stranger than fiction. Be sure to share Tales from Corporate. Listen, download, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This week's tale is about sticky fingers at work. (laughs) How many of us have either read about or actually personally know people who have issues dipping into the company accounts or taking things from their coworkers? (laughs) I think this is such a hot mess. Why would you even ethically steal at the office or from your coworkers. But people do it all the time, whether they're robbing the pension fund, they're robbing retirement funds, special accounts, especially people in the C-suite who have packages that are 10 and 20 and 30 times the uh, average worker's salary at their corporation. Carlos Ghosn was arrested in Japan for allegedly taking things from Nissan, Fiat, or Nissan, uh, Renault. So what do you think, Maria, about sticky fingers in the workplace, period? I think a lot of people have that temptation to say, hey, listen, I'm not getting paid enough. Let me just help myself do, as we used to say in Brooklyn, a five-finger discount on things that I find at work, whether it's petty cash or, you know, extra copies. And one could argue that's (laughs) making, like, color copies is not exactly stealing. It may be unethical. But my mother used to tell me, look, Maria, you may be tempted to steal even paper clips or binder clips from work, but if you're not allowed... Remember, when you least expect it, someone's watching. And you never want that to be a reason why you're let go. Make sure whatever you're doing, it's worth being let go. Or worse. But oftentimes, there's many, many cases at work where we don't, we feel like, "Eh, I'll just help myself and go in the fridge. And I really would like some of that salad dressing or that extra drink that somebody left over and and decided to chill in the fridge. And so I'm just going to take it. Matter of fact, I've worked at two companies where there were post-it notes, like actual labels and post-it notes so that people could put their names on their items in the refrigerator because they were like, we're not even going to get into that. We're just going to go ahead and, and straight label things. But There was also a time when we needed to raise money for a charity. And this was early days at my job. And I remember thinking, okay, let me go and find the collection person to give this money to. And when I went to the designated floor and location, it was just a box with a sign. And people had left several $20 bills in there. And I was so impressed with the honor code that people were willing to go through for their Girl Scout cookies or whatever charity they're raising money for and would trust that people wouldn't help themselves to whatever is being left open. But not long after that, I learned there are cameras everywhere at the firm. So 
<laughs> if someone really wanted to make a case, security could just simply review the cameras over a couple of hours and they could see who did what. I remember learning that from someone who unfortunately had her wallet taken from work. Although I gotta say as a New Yorker, born and raised New Yorker, if you leave something out in the open, like your wallet or your laptop for an extended period of time and you go to the bathroom, some of us may or may not consider that stolen from you. You basically tempted a thief and gave it away. I don't condone it. I would never do it. I would never pick up someone else's property. In fact, I've lost my phone or my credit card so many times. I trust that the karma that I've had in being honest with other people's stuff keeps my karma clean <laughs> so that when I misplace stuff, valuable stuff, people actually return it to me. But um, going back to the colleague who said her wallet was taken, that's when she told me that kind of thing often happens when there's a lot more temporary workers working at a firm who don't have any vested interest in whether or not one of their colleagues finds out that they help themselves to something that was left out on a desk or sticky fingers. And they don't often know there's so many cameras that um, can pretty much identify who takes what. I am of the elk that thieves can help themselves. They just don't want to because they're getting away with it. That's part of the thrill. And I feel like, I'll give you an example. One time I was working for a firm, but they had put us at WeWork. So we were at huge WeWork with beautiful views in downtown Los Angeles. And the refrigerators and freezers are all shared by all of the companies. And think about it. You have, that's hundreds of people. This is during the time when WeWork was really booming. And never got lunch stolen. Never got a drink stolen. I know they used to have machines that you could get snacks from, but it was really on the honor system that you would swipe your WeWork badge and you'd have funds connected to that badge and take it or you'd put the money back the next day. I don't know the stats on the WeWork account, whether or not people were taking snacks and not paying for them, but I know for sure lunch, breakfast, and sometimes we work late dinner wasn't having any theft. But when I did work at a more intimate um, setting at a different firm, people's lunches were getting stolen all the time. And I'm like, wow, wow. So interesting about whether people think they're being watched or recorded or not, and how that influences their behavior. I have witnessed people in the office place back in the old days when we actually went to the office, having their wallet stolen out of their desk. So it's kind of one of those things where my mom also raised me to lock that drawer before you go for a bathroom break, a coffee break, a lunch break, or home. Because there are people who just steal to steal. And uh, I've not had my lunch stolen, but I would be really angry. <laughs> I'd be really PO'd. I'd be really upset about that. And that is funny because people still in different ways. Like you have people who in one setting, you could say transit. Transit is its own corporation. People beat the fares all the time. Passengers, if you will. There are people who work for uh, in New York City, and I know this is other places, where they 
uh, steal from the job as far as time, that's always famous. Those are the ones I live for. And the New York papers always drag on an annual basis. LA is a little nicer with their drag. I wouldn't even call their drag. They just state it. Whereas New York, they actually state it and then people usually get fired or investigate. But they always do an annual roundup of who's gotten paid ridiculous amounts of overtime for different transit authority agencies. Uh, it's unbelievable. Some people get paid more than the mayor <laughs> or the governor. And you're like, how are they a highest paid state employee? How'd that happen? LA does it for their kinders, usually people who work for the utility companies out here. So either LADWP, SoCal Gas, or PSENG, these people pull down more than or comparatively to the governor. So it, it, people start to figure out ways around the system about punching in earlier, saying they were in one place when they were in another, or billing saying that they were in two places at one time. That's that's like rich. They're supposed to be watchdogs, but if the watchdogs are not enforced or if the watchdogs are not supported, then they're not going to enforce or they're not going to dig. But people know. Everybody knows. I think like in New York City, for example, if you work for transit, you're on the clock before you get to your location, which is such a great perk. I mean, give it to the union for having that for people for many years. But you have it where if you're, let's just say you're stationed or you live, reside in Queens, but you need to work in uh, Staten Island that day, your shift starts before you're on the clock before you, when you leave your house and your commute is actually covered until you get to said location. And the same as when you leave that location, you're still on the clock. Some people don't agree with that because we all don't get paid for our commute time, but they do. And I'm not a hater. My Actually, my older sister used to work for the city of New York for a particular department. And this is going back some time. They got accused of double dipping. Not my sister, but she was also a military asset. And she worked for the city department. And someone somewhere didn't think it was fair that they got to earn two salaries, a military salary and a city salary. And I think there were some actions, maybe some lawsuits and complaints, and they killed that double dipping that many people who were active and non-active duty military assets. And they worked for the city. They were no longer able to collect two paychecks. So what do you think about double dipping, Maria, and stealing at the office? I'm glad you brought those examples up because you and I were talking about that not that long ago, that it was just amazing how people could make more than their higher ups by double dipping. But it also reminds me that there's many different forms of having sticky fingers, right? It's That term comes from literally picking up tangible objects, but there's also stealing of intangible goods by way of intellectual property. So I know you know about this and you've experienced this, particularly working with IT, but in my industry, we cannot just willy-nilly log on to Google Drive or these other file sharing apps. Basically, we can't log on to any external file sharing sites because of 
the possibility that we will share intellectual property, even, even though it's stuff we've worked on. Everything you work on is technically the property of the company you work for. The machine that you work on is the property of the company you work for. Therefore, everything that goes on it, and we, we forget that, we get lax, and that's one thing. But everything you do, your work machine that is owned by the company is owned by the company. And so the business of contractors ending their contract and potentially walking off with files or proprietous information, proprietary property of the firm, that's a no-no. So there's plenty of restrictions against that. Thumb drives, the good old being real millennial here, elder millennial, but we used to be able to pop in your, your USB drive or your thumb drive and download some files and take it wherever. You were able to log into your personal email accounts and upload whatever files. That's going away rapidly because firms, especially ones that don't sell a widget, they don't sell a physical good. If you're in financial services, what you sell is an intangible good. So that is stealing. If you steal the strategy, the the internal, for the internal eyes only information that if put into the hands of the competitors can pose them to lose business. So speaking to Maria, what you mentioned about proprietary information in Silicon Valley, there's been several lawsuits and it used to be that I think people would always say, they did the cost-benefit analysis of litigation and always seemed to let people slide or maybe they went into arbitration, binding arbitration about it. But people steal information and, and source code all the time. So, it's, so the lawsuit that occurred with Uber and the autonomous driving and the gentleman who left one company with the autonomous driving code and went to another and he got sued. He got the bejesus suit out of him and people just think it's okay. And it was interesting to watch that be enforced. I know on lower level than that, people do get vindictive sometimes if they're abruptly being terminated or things are ending and they'll go in and try to wipe out the cloud. It's unbelievable what people will do if they're angry and delay a project because they've stolen code. I've witnessed it. Also, like you say, well, I did that. I, I made that. And then people get very uh, territorial. But, uh, you know, if it's not ours, then you have the good old health side of it, workers' comp. It makes it hard for people when they're trying to just do something like FMLA. You almost get scared as an employee because people abuse workers' compensation a lot. And what people don't realize, I think, in these coronavirus times with the pandemic, many companies are trying to avoid a multitude of workers' comp claims by people saying the office brought them in and got them sick, and now they can't work forever. So I love when people get found out. They get busted working out at the gym, skiing at the resort, on a vacation, fly fishing, picking up 50-pound fish, and they're on workers' comp claims saying, you know, I can't lift a finger or else I'll be in trouble. My body will be in trouble. 
So I think it's just interesting that whenever you have in society, you build parameters. That's part of the scam of life. People will always try to find a way to get over, around, and under it. I love that you mentioned that because you and I both have family members that have worked in healthcare and were like healthcare veterans. They've seen some things. And you yourself, you mentioned working in insurance. Well, my family would say, be careful what you do on sick days, because that, again, is to what you're saying, a benefit of the company that is considered additional compensation to you (laughs) as the employee. We don't often think about it that way, but it is. Like if you're an entrepreneur, you do not get extra benefits that are just allocated as sick time. Or if you pay into health care, even if it's group health care, you pay considerably more than you would as an employee working for a large company because of the um, rates that they can cut. But um, my coming back to my family, they would say, be very careful what you do on sick time or disability time, because a couple different reasons. One, if a colleague sees you and you're living your best life, you live in all the lives when you're supposed to be incapacitated, too incapacitated to work, whether it's FMLA, sick time, disability time, and somebody spots you in real life or on the ground, they can make a case to let you go because you've now abused that benefit. I, I don't know if you've you got that story, but I took that seriously. And fortunately, I got those lessons or those tales very early um, in my life before I actually started working. So I watch my P's and Q's when I'm out on leave. The other thing is, in addition to a colleague maybe spotting you in person or online, coming back to the company property, I had read an article, I think you and I had talked about this, where when we went to work from home environment, Certain firms felt empowered to remote control the cameras on the laptops, the microphones, so that they could monitor their employees. Um, Whenever you're away from the office, there are um, ways that the office can observe how hard you're working or not working on work time or how hard you're playing and not resting or recovering or taking care of your family on leave. So that brings me to, you know, part of why we're all talking about this is ethics. Some things are so easy to do for us. I love that you, I love when you talk about the scam. Some things are just like, but I, I figured it, I masterminded it and it would be so light work for me to come through and just you do this thing that, well, it's not really stealing, but it actually is. I mentioned karma before. That's, you know, one fuzzy term not everybody agrees with, and that's fine. But in addition to that, just thinking about how long you think you can get away with that behavior. We have someone in our network who was empowered to handle the finances for her nonprofit. And maybe she thought that, hey, listen, nobody's going to miss this money or everybody in my industry does this. It won't matter if I do it as well. That happens and then you get caught. And then you're mad because 
you're thinking, well, other people have done this, so it's okay, or I'm not going to actually get punished for it. You don't want that smoke. Like, only do the crime. If you can face the consequences, then, you know, it's a free world, I guess, and you're an adult. But really do think about, okay, if I do this, <laughs> the consequences that may come, they may not. But if they come, can you stomach it? Maria, so I want to just go, oh, wow. You're bringing up old memories for me. I remember we're talking about people at their workplace, their place of work, right? Stealing. So one time we lived in this building in a nice neighborhood, my family and I. And my mom, once again, I was raised with always being nice to the quote unquote invisible figures, okay, that we talked about in another episode. And we were all very nice and friendly to different employees that worked at the building. Well, we went on a family vacation. We were gone for like a week and a half, maybe two. We got back from vacation and found out that there were a rash of break-ins at the residential facility, like the building that we lived in. Everyone was robbed except for us. Everyone was robbed except for us. Come to find out it was one of the maintainers or custodial engineers. They had the keys to all the apartments and they were breaking in and stealing, but they skipped over us. <laughs> and I always thought to myself, wow, is it just because we used to speak to them all the time and chat with them and just see how their day was going? I sometimes wonder if it's just about being cordial and being kind to people as you go about your day, that that brought us mercy because we had a lot that they could have stolen, a lot, and they did not. You know, and I think about it, you risk losing your job, your benefits, all because you can't keep your fingers or your hands to yourself, or you're stealing on the books, but people don't think things through all the way. Sometimes people steal because they actually need things. So, hmm. The other thing I think of, Maria, is people using their expense account or their expense cards, sometimes by accident, for personal items. You can get fired for that. And I've known people who've gotten fired for that, and they don't mean it, but it's happened. Have you heard of that on your end, Maria? Yes. I definitely can relate to being really careful with company accounting. Uh, I've had travel expenses that we could have gone wild, but in the final analysis, it's just better to be almost more careful with company money than with your own. Like you can, you have full reign to manage your money or not uh, as you will. But once it's company money, things uh, can get really sticky, really fast, really hairy, really fast. Watch your sticky fingers. Keep your hands to yourself. I love that. <laughs> Lots of lessons that we learn in kindergarten. Until next time. Remember to always advocate for yourself because if you don't, no one else will. And to the listeners that have been overlooked, have overstayed, are complacent, or just plain unhappy, free yourself. Good luck and Godspeed till the next episode. Remember to download, follow, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And please 
feel free to leave us a review.